Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. I'm your host, Mark Allen, and excited to have Paul Pennington from P.E. Pennington and Company. Paul, how's it going? Good. Very good. Yeah. Well, glad to have you. I know you came into the office probably several months ago to talk to the brokers in the office about uh, property taxes and uh, and assessed values and some of the changes that were going on uh, from a state level. And anyways, uh, we're, we're having a different conversation today, uh, different times. And um, you know, we're a couple months into coronavirus, uh, and I'm, I'm almost getting tired of hearing about it. But um, one of the hot topics today, given that it's, you know, May, and they're a little bit late, but is 2020 assessed values. So today, we're going to talk about property taxes. Um, and, uh, you know, you're a property tax consultant, and, and we can get into that as well. So let's start with just an introduction. Will you introduce yourself and your company? Yeah, it's Paul Pennington. The company is P.E. Pennington and Company, uh, and Company, and we're established in 1988, so I guess we've been in business 32 years. That's great. And how do you help um, commercial real estate owners or property owners? I guess maybe not just commercial real estate, but uh, well, real estate uh, owners. We're, we're fundamentally commercial real estate, and when a um, owner has an issue with um, their uh, – property tax value, which translates in later in the year into a property tax bill, they hire people like myself to uh, try to negotiate uh, something that's more, which is fair and equitable to them. Um, and we do that. Most of our clients uh, uh, hire us and it's a annual thing because uh, the values typically in on multifamily in the state of Texas uh, tend to get raised every year. Yeah. And that's been the biggest challenge the last several years uh, is increase in property taxes that and I would say probably hiring quality staff. <laughs> so this year is no different. Um, let's, uh, I think, let's start with um, coronavirus and just how, how it's infected um, the, the appraisal districts and uh, the state in general. What happened was um, there's an organization called the Texas Association of Appraisal Districts. Um, so that's T-A-A-D. Um, when the pandemic hit, their initial reaction was to uh, obviously discuss it amongst themselves. And then they went to the governor's office and they asked the governor, <clears throat> the governor's office to declare some sort of a statewide declaration emergency, which would allow them to just take the 2019 values and roll them out for 2020. Mm. The um, governor's office said, well, there's a few issues we think you should answer before you ask for something like that. One of them is, have you talked to the taxing entities that, you know, um, provide your budget and, and, you know, are dependent upon you? Have you talked to them about this? And TAD said, no, we have not. And then um, they asked the governor that 
in addition to rolling the values, um, the comptroller does a study mm-hmm. every other year to just confirm that the appraisal district's value are within a certain range of market value. And this can affect school funding. And they asked that the governor during this, this you know, a strange period of time that they be uh, somehow given a pass on any studies for 2020. And the governor's office said, well, really, um, that's not a question for us. That's a question for you to ask the comptroller's office. Have you done that? And they said, no. Yeah. And finally, <clears throat> the governor's office said, by the way, the whole thing about rolling values is really not a statewide issue. It really is a issue that is local. So if, if you are so inclined that you want to roll values, then really that's something that needs to be decided by the county, the city and the school districts and the special entities. Decide it locally. Don't look for us to give you um, a declaration. So <clears throat> the, the appraisal districts then at that part point starts studying the law and they found that if they didn't have a statewide declaration uh, whatever i don't even know what they were looking for but if whatever it was they were looking for then legally they couldn't roll the values because when they turn the values over to the arb they're certifying in a notarized document that this role represents current market value And if they roll values, obviously that's not the case. So at the end of the day, six six appraisal districts in the state of of Texas indeed rolled values. um, There are 19 values for 20. Everybody else went forward with their reappraisal plans. Now, in the 2019 session, there was this bill, which I discussed with your staff, which had tremendous property tax reform in it. And within that bill, there was a, uh, uh, well, I I take that back. Uh, There was a separate bill that dealt with uh, natural disasters. And um, the thinking behind it is if there's a natural disaster, we should build build in some sort of mechanism where the uh, taxpayer gets relief. A prime example is the tornado came through Dallas. I mean, the house is gone, so they should get relief. So the the new natural disaster bill came out, and then people who represent taxpayers um, started asking the question, and so did appraisal districts. Does the new natural disaster law, would that entitle property owners to, you have to file for it, but to file for this exemption, and would the appraisal districts or the county appraisal districts, would they grant it based on C-19? So a lot of people are talking about, there's a lot of legal opinions. And what happens is Senator Betancourt asked the attorney general to render an opinion on that. So the attorney general of Texas ruled that the current law for natural disasters that applies to physical damage of a property, i.e. a tornado, i.e. a hurricane, storm, flooding, so on and so forth. It does not apply to something economic. 
which would be C19. So everything I just told you is kind of a backdrop on what was going on in Texas. So we now know that this specific section of the code is section 1135, of the Texas Property Tax Code, that the Attorney General has rendered opinion saying, no, C-19 is not effective. So now we go into <clears throat> tax year 2020 and the notices come out and the multifamily, I'll, I'll just talk about the Metroplex, multifamily values for the Metroplex come out and they blew them up, like, of course, blew them up. So then um, because of C-19, the appraisal districts all had to shut down for a period of time. They had some people working remotely and they, they started to reopen, say at the very end of April, um, Tarrant County and uh, Denton County issued uh, notices of appraisal at the end of the month. Collin County will issue their notices on the 15th and uh, Dallas County will issue their notices on the 15th. I will say Dallas County and Collin County did provide consultants the 2020 values early so we could you know, start working through the progress through the process because of C-19, we're behind, we're late. Right, so right. that's how we know that they blew up values. So <clears throat> the question is, with C-19, um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, um, if, if owners are saying, uh, yes, uh, people are asking for rent abatements and and so on, and, you know, you, there were certain counties where, you know, evictions there were special provisions put in about evictions and all these sorts of things. Now, <clears throat> the appraisal districts, ever since they got that ruling from the attorney general, their opinion is, listen, the Constitution and the property tax code say the assessment date is 1-1 of every year. So at 1-1-2020, um, um, everybody knows what the market was like. It was booming. Um, maybe there's a segment that wasn't, you know, growing as fast, but still value, uh, the sales prices were on, on the uptick and so on and so forth. So they're going to take the position that uh, C-19s after the fact, it might be a material, material issue for 2021, but for 2020, they're taking the position it's it's not material. It's not germane to tax year 2020 with an assessment date of 1-1-2020. So <clears throat> that begs the question, so what are owners and consultants uh, supposed to do? I can tell you <clears throat> there's there's one industry where you can you can argue that the evidence is it's quantitative now. You can see it. You read it. You can it, it, it's there every day of the world, and um, that's retail. Uh, retail. I don't have a retail owner who who owns a multi-tenanted property that hasn't been overwhelmed with rent abatement uh, letters or we're leaving, we're closing down. Restaurants is extremely well documented. Hotels is, is bloody as it gets. Uh, 
things like car dealerships. I mean, it's just terrible. So I will tell you this. In that category of property, we have approached um, and asked uh, some appraisal districts to consider a, something for these people because it's literally, you know, the, they've been wiped out. Yeah. And so far, there's been a little, a little tiny bit of discussion with one particular appraisal district, and the others are falling back on the assessment dates one one twenty twenty. And sorry, nothing we can do about it. So what they. Um, so now we look at like multifamily, you know, well, what are we going to do about multifamily? I can tell you what, what we would recommend. If, if we can establish a trend after the first of the year, then we would use that in working up a pro forma for 2020. If, if it's an existing property that we've worked year after year after year, <clears throat> Every year we provide the appraisal district with a, um, a January rent roll, roll and a 1231 PL. <clears throat> the thinking is, or our, our thinking is, if you can quantify that C19 is having an effect on a property, and now I'm specifically talking about multifamily, then it should show up in, in the monthly PLs and rent rolls. So if we start to see vacancies rising in the April, May, June, so on, then what we're going to argue is this. When we sit down to negotiate values with an appraisal district, what we do is here, here, here are the actuals, and then both sides come up with a pro forma of what we think is going to happen in the future, right? That's the income approach, what we think is going to happen in the future. So what we would argue is, okay, <clears throat> we have the benefit of seeing part of the future now. So if I could document, say, in a, a property that, uh, you know, revenues down, vacancies up, uh, late payments, uh, the ARs are building up and so on and so forth. To me, that's a compelling argument because the – the idea is we're putting together a pro forma, and in the past, we wouldn't want to show them current P&Ls and rent roll because it was all getting better and rents were going up and, and so on and so forth. But now, it might be an opportunity to use your current P&Ls and rent rolls to establish new numbers in a pro forma and say, that's what I want to get. Um, so that's in, in multifamily, um, that's what we're recommending the clients do. Um, we, we want to see an AR tells us if receivables are up, the uh, rent roll will show any kind of vacancies and, you know, the PL, any uh, loss of income. And we'd also like to know if there's any kind of specials that the uh, owner might be running today that he wasn't running, say, at the end of the year. And it's a, a because of C19. Okay. Yeah, that's good information for them to uh, collect and gather as much evidence as possible to provide to you. What about, you know, for any, obviously transactions are way down right now. I mean, I think there were six in April of 2020 compared to, uh, I think there was about 18 in 2019 of April. 
Um, okay, so they're so slowing down. Right. Let me stop you right there. Okay. Let's say in April of night, you're talking about in the Metroplex or in one? Yeah, camp? just in, in DFW. Send that to me, by the way. Okay. That's quantitative. Right. You know, if, if somebody on the other side of the desk from me saying, yeah, well, uh, maybe, maybe I could understand your argument for a restaurant, whatever, but not for multifamily. If you, if you can show that here's the facts, sales from one year to another are down, you know, six in 2020 and 19 you calculate the percentage, whatever it is. And 67% say, decline. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that's that's evidence. And yeah. I'd use that all day long. Okay. Yeah, I can get that to you. So if a, if a uh, active buyer is purchasing a property right now, I mean, this comes up every year and we get with, um, you know, the current owner's tax consultant, try to get, you know, best case scenario of where they think it's going to shake out. But is there anything different? that uh, these buyers should be doing or, or the sellers should be doing? I can, t there was a major shift. Uh, Collin County, the hits the uh, multifamily owners are going to take, it's about what you would normally expect and they're typically aggressive. Denton County is just, I mean, it, it's, some of those hits are just ridiculous and, and we don't even know how they got to the number. So, but that's, that's par for Denton. Tarrant, I think you're going to see hits on, uh, uh, that are, you know, comparable to the prior year. I will say one thing about Tarrant County, uh, um, that the number of lawsuits filed against the Tarrant Appraisal District in 19, according to one of their attorneys that I heard say this, their their litigation was up two or three hundred percent, so that that in itself is significant. Uh, but anyway, um, what I would tell uh, oh the thing I was going to point out in uh, Dallas County, there was a, a fundamental shift this year. Dallas has always been hitting the A's real aggressive, but this year they took on C's and B's. So they, they started using a lot lower cap rates, and I'm, I'm being straight with you. I've got some uh, C's and B's that went up 50, 75, 100% this year. Yeah. So if I was looking to buy a property right now, the exercise, in my opinion, would be the same as it was last year. And what we typically do on a uh, uh, a purchase of an existing property is <clears throat> we'll ask the owner for a market survey of whatever the property is that they're thinking about buying. And uh, in Texas, you're entitled to either be assessed at market value, whatever that is, or you're uh, entitled to be assessed at the median level of appraisal of a reasonable number of comparable properties that have been appropriately adjusted. What that means uh, typically is <clears throat> when we get into litigation, we'll actually hire an MAI to, uh, um, and the owner will provide the MAI with a market survey, and they'll they'll get all the comps and they'll make plus and minus adjustments, just like in a, a fee simple appraisal, except 
the plus and minuses are, are made against the, um, the current assessed value. And then they'll determine the median and multiply that times the size of the subject or that times X number of units. And the taxpayer, that would determine the median level of appraisal. So what we do in these forecasts is we, we get the market survey, um, we look at the current values, we determine if any of these values at that particular time are in litigation. If they are, we're going to assume there will be a downward adjustment. Then we have to guess what the um, increase will be for the next year. So this year, we're guessing what they're going to do in 2021. And I will tell you that I think uh, these counties are going to back off in a substantial way in 2021. That's my thought process right now. Because of C-19, you'd be able to quant uh, quantify so much more. So what we do is uh, we would do a, a study. Uh, it wouldn't be a, nearly as exact and detailed as one done by MAI, but and in that study we'll say, okay, based on this study, the, the median level for the subject is here, and we anticipate in 2021 that and with the fact that the county will pick up deed activity and they're going to hit you and we'll do all these calculations and we'll say at the end of the day, we think uh, if you buy the property in 2020, that at the end of the process in 21, your value is going to be here. And, you know, that can, that can range. Sometimes it's, it's low. Sometimes it can be as low as uh, 70% of the purchase price. Sometimes it, it can be as high as 85, 88% of the purchase price. It just all depends. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could sit here and talk property taxes and appraisals all day. Um, but what are, what are some of the general services if you're just going to lay out services for property owners where they can uh, reach out to you and you can, uh, I guess, consulting services? What can you provide? Well, well we, like I said at the very beginning, we... we um, um, we file appeals on current valuations and uh, we use obviously uh, the income approach on existing properties at the same time, like right now I'm waiting to receive offers from say Dallas Central Appraisal District. They know when they give me the offers based on market value, we're not going to settle based on income that I've already got uh, equity reports done by third parties and at the at the very end i'll see where all the comps are and we'll we'll negotiate a value that's more heavily uh based on equity than it is on the income and then uh so that's a client is paying me to to get their value down to a reasonable range that the year over year hit is reasonable and then if i think it's not then we'll make re uh, recommendations about you know you might want to consider litigating. And you have attorneys in-house or you just refer out? We have a special relationship. We have an attorney in, in the office. He has his own practice, uh -huh. but he does property tax consulting work for us as well. Okay. So, yeah, we use him. Okay, great. And, and then probably the last question, is there anything that property owners can do to, I don't want to say fly under the radar, but um, to, to not put a spotlight on them? On themselves the worst uh, the appraisal districts will pick up deed activity 
So when they pick up deed activity, they know there's been, they suspect there's been a sale. Sometimes deed activity can be a refi or something like that. And so they're going to take an educated guess at what you paid for it. The, the, the really not smart thing to do would be to buy a property and then have it published by a business journal or in the morning news or wherever that you just bought one complex or two comp whatever, and you paid whatever, and you plan on spending whatever to renovate and so on and so forth. I mean, they, they eat that stuff up and that does not help your case. So I guess the best advice I can give is if you're going to buy a property, don't publicize it. Okay. What about if the property name or the entity name is Garden Oaks LLC and you buy the property and you make it Garden Oaks One LLC or something very, very small? Okay. Do you think they may over? Well, you're, what you're talking to in, in other states, this is done extensively in other states. In other states, they have sales disclosure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, property owners do in, in other states, they create an LLC and they, it, it appears like they're just buying the partnership and that way they skirt around uh, the whole uh, uh, sales disclosure thing. So to answer your specific question, if it's called Garden Oaks LLC and the new buyer buys it and calls it Garden Oaks LLC number three or whatever, they're going to pick it up because the the mailing addresses and all that's going to be different. Oh yeah. So, yeah. They'll pick it up. Okay. Just a thought. Anyways, Paul, thanks so much for the time today. Well, um, what is the best way for the listeners to reach out, learn more uh, about your company or, you know, hire you to uh, contest their property taxes? Well, you, you can just Google pepennington.com. Okay. pepenningtonandcompany.com. If you get PE Pennington, you'll get to our website. And then you can contact us at 972-236-7052. Great. I'll attach that in the show notes. Paul, thanks so much for your time today. No thanks for all the help. Uh, re everyone reach out to Paul uh, and his company. And Paul, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye.